It is 11.07, and, uh, well, this uh, transgender study is just pure nonsense. Uh, it is garbage in, garbage out, and I will explain what they did. Um, it, it really is disgusting because they're really affecting kids, but... That's not where we're going to start this hour. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene, we are going to start with the uh, debt ceiling. Apparently, House Republicans uh, are going to try and toe the line when it comes to spending cuts. We are 31 trillion, almost 32 trillion, uh, 30, 31 and a half uh, trillion dollars in debt. Uh, it, it just, it goes up at an astronomical rate, and they are up against it. It is, they need to... Uh, extend the amount of money that they can borrow. Otherwise, they got to start making cuts. they got to rob Peter to pay Paul. So the Republicans have a proposal that would uh, force the Biden administration to make only the most important federal payments uh, if the Treasury Department comes up against the uh, statutory limit, what it can borrow. Uh, they almost, uh, the plan almost certainly calls uh, for the department to keep making interest payments on the debt, according to four people familiar with the uh, deliberations on this. Uh, they describe uh, private conversations uh, that they took part of, uh, and, and they said uh, House Republicans' payment prioritization plan may also stipulate that the Treasury Department should continue making payments on Social Security, Medicare, and veterans' benefits, uh, as well as funding the military. Democrats see this as an opportunity. They're just chomping at the bit. Uh, they, they really would love to see this um, turn into something they could take advantage of. Such a move would be unprecedented, hugely controversial, and even releasing the plan could turn into a major political liability for the Republicans. A hypothetical proposal that protects Social Security and Medicare and veterans' benefits in the military would still leave out huge swaths of critical federal expenditures. Things like Medicaid, food safety inspections, border control, air traffic control, to name just a handful of thousands of programs. Democrats are also likely to accuse Republicans of prioritizing payments to U.S. bondholders, which include Chinese banks over American citizens. Now, how many of those things that I just went through could we eliminate as a government-provided service and find that the service is better? Social Security. You put 13-plus percent of your income into a retirement plan from the day you take your first job. I guarantee you by the time you're 60, the marketplace will make you a millionaire. Medicare, again, if the government weren't involved, we talked about this in the last hour, the, the price of health care would plummet. Veterans' benefits would be better, too. Uh, expenditures like Medicaid, that would be done through private charity. It wouldn't affect the poor. Food safety inspections, that shouldn't be done by the government. They've done a horrible job. Uh, air traffic control, yeah, we've just seen it, 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 how good the FAA is. To name just a handful. So here's the Democrats. 
any plan to pay bondholders but not fund school lunches or the FAA or food safety or XYZ is just target practice for us. Democrats are going to pounce on this with both feet. I don't think the nation really understands the precipice we stand at. I've talked about it. I know you understand it. But the rest of the country, very few people understand the, the nature and depth of our debt. And to tell you the truth, unless you privatize Social Security and get the government out of Medicare and Medicaid, it's never going to be under control. They'll never cut enough spending elsewhere to cover those costs. Because that in the military is like most of the national debt. But it, it, so these 20-some Republicans forced the speaker to address the problem. They can't just sweep it under the rug. So know this. Mainstream media will go after the Republicans. They won't talk about the size and scope of the national debt. They won't talk about what it's costing you in your everyday life. Because it is. They take more money from you to service the debt than they should have to. You should be bringing home more of your pay. These government programs are sucking it up. But the media won't cover that. And they're going to paint these Republicans as extremists. They're going to paint the Republicans as, you know, using this for political gain, even though there will be little political gain. Maybe, and I'll ask you this, maybe we should just let it go. Maybe those Republicans that are, you know, forcing this discussion um, on the size of the national debt and the spending... Maybe they should give it up. Maybe they should just say, you know what, just go ahead and spend what you want to spend. Because after all, it could hurt the Republican Party politically. The Republican Party could end up struggling mightily to gain seats in the Senate and House in the next election. The, you know, the polling data is going to come out that everybody blames the Republicans. Simply because they wanted to cut spending. What should they do? Should they stand their ground or not? What would you be in favor of them doing? And the reason I'm asking you is because I'm not entirely convinced. Part of me thinks stand your ground, damn it. This, is, this has got to be addressed. We've got a major problem and it is right around the corner. And the other side of me says, why bother? Why bother? The American public don't understand it. The mainstream media aren't ex explaining it. Nobody is going to see the light. Why get punished? It's all for naught. So where do you come down? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Actually, I just made up my mind. I just made up my mind. 
I'll tell you what it is right after this. we got some important messages, then we'll come back, grab your phone calls. You are listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and it is the Zimmer Radio Network. It's, it's 19 minutes after 11, and if you just turned the radio on, I was talking about this debt ceiling that we're about to approach, and I was in a, in a bit of a quandary at first about what the Republicans should do. There are 20 Republicans who are saying, you know, if you have to stop the government in its tracks, prioritize the spending, uh, do what the liberal media would essentially say is shutting the government down, uh, then that's what you have to do. And the other side of that coin was, why bother? Most Americans don't understand it. They're going to just blame these Republicans. And it occurred to me, as I was saying that, that I had made up my mind. And my mind is, uh, and my conclusion is, stand on your principle. Shut the government down. Maybe the, the electorate never learn. Maybe they don't understand. But if you walk away or you stand your ground and fail, the same result happens. So stand your ground. That's my take. Uh, and please, I know that some of you are, are real experts on this, and you're going to call me up and tell me, oh, the real national debt is $200 trillion and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I all know that. Uh, we all know that. Uh, the fact is that right now, currently, we're at $31.5 that is understandably uh, deep, uh, deep debt. And you're not going to fix the problem raising the debt ceiling. You're only going to exacerbate it. To that end, we go to the phones. Les, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I agree 100% with you, Gary. Do not raise the, the debt. Uh, our school system has really failed on what our monetary system is. A debt-based monetary system is a pyramid that is bound to collapse. I, the, These 20 uh, Republicans had put forth with to McCarthy to to uh, get rid of the income tax and just go to a national sales tax. I think that'd be a great start. Yep. I think auditing the Federal Reserve, which I hope people understand, that's not that entity. Federal Reserve is not federal. It's not part of the federal government. It's not federal, and they have no reserves. I believe that that all of the national land should go to all the states. Get the get the, the the national government out of park system and and land system. Obama nation had had said we're going to shut down all the parks because uh, people are uh, we can't until we raise the debt ceiling. Shut all, all down all the parks. Well, shut them all down. Stop it. Uh, they should, the government shouldn't be involved in that that anyway. We're coming to a head. It will come to a head. It's it, it's great times. It's going to be uh, uh, teeth clenching times. But yeah, well, uh, we got to go through it, Gary. You know, you're we absolutely go right. It. I have no no qualms about anything you said. We are in trouble. We can't even get them to stop funding the parks in Colombia, much less the national parks. <laughs> but that we should used that aren't used. Yes, to their potential. I, right. I truly, at the parks in Columbia, the, the city council in Columbia need to set up some homeless uh, uh, encampments in these parks. They, they bought a, a traveling shower and poop house to use. So take one of those parks, uh, Cosmos Parks, and just make it a whole homeless uh, area for the 150 homeless people 
uh, Mayor Buffalo uh, should be ashamed of what was happening during this cold spell and people were out in the cold. She needs to get out there, pull up her bootstraps, and, and get these people into tent cities, and then get them into jobs. All right. Jobs, jobs. All right. Have your show, Gary. Thanks, Les. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. David, on the uh, debt. David, welcome. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you. Um, I, I actually have a question to help make up my mind, I think. Uh, what do you think is the, the best chance of the Republicans taking control of the Senate by standing pat right now or saying why bother for a couple of years? Well, I guess I'm going to have to answer that by asking a question. When the, when the Republicans had the House and the Senate and the White House, did they control the spending? I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been involved in this long enough, interested enough until recently. I apologize and That's sorry right. for it, but I can't answer I, that. I can, I can answer that for you. They increased the spending, and it was yeah, it was painful to watch. I mean, they they had all three branches, or you know, or not all three branches. They had uh, the legislature and the executive branch. They could have cut spending, and instead they increased spending repeatedly. Then so, my answer becomes stand pat right now. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would argue that's the smart move. David, thank you. Thank Gl you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah. Uh, did did they cut spending? Ask yourself, did the Republicans cut spending under Donald Trump? Did they cut spending under Ronald Reagan? And I love Reagan. Reagan is, in my mind, there was no president better at explaining the benefits of limited government. Did he cut spending? Did George Bush cut spending? No. The spending just continues. Doesn't matter. Now you've got a group of Republicans in the House of Representatives, Chip Roy and, and others, that, that really want to control the spending. They really are concerned about this. It's not for political gain. It's not to make some group of their friends you know, beneficially wealthy. It's not so they can hurt people. I mean, why would they? Why would they take this stand? Except because of concern about our spending and the national debt. There is no other reason. Democrats can't go. Well, they're doing it for their rich Republican friends because raising the debt ceiling doesn't benefit them. They can't say it's because they want poor people to starve in the streets because that certainly isn't their goal. My question is, what is the goal of the, of the Democrats? Let's look at their motivation. Why do they keep doing it? Why would they get upset about controlling the spending? That's... That answer is pure politics. This is something they can take advantage of, try and paint a picture of these parsimonious Republicans 
throwing people out on the street for pure political gain. We are watching, slowly but surely, our lives get crushed. Happens a little bit at a time. Year after year, they take a little bit more power. They take a little bit more wealth. They take a little bit more of what made America great. And that answer, that 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 which made America great was freedom. It was liberty. It was being able to make choices, to be right or to be wrong, to fail or succeed. The government has taken that away, and they continue to. And that's what the Democrats want. McCarthy and House conservatives intentionally left the details of their prioritization plan uh, kind of up in the air with their initial agreement. Uh, And it could take them a while to put it all together. We'll see what happens here. But I always, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If they go down this road... If they really want to win the battle of spending, then they need to stand their ground. They need to just not relent. If they decide they're going to stand their ground, which is, which is you know, standing on principle, I'm with them all the way. But they can never cave, ever Eventually, one side or the other will blink, and it's almost always the conservatives. This time, do it differently. This time, don't blink. Eventually, the story is going to get flipped. And people are going to wonder, why didn't Biden sign on? Why didn't Schumer say, well, let's at least look at this. Let's at least address the problem. That's that the moment they cave, it's over for them. The moment they give in and, and you know, the opposition is only going to be successful for a little while. Holding out long enough eventually leads to people asking questions about the other side. And the first one to blink, the first one that blinks loses. And if, and if they hold out long enough, it'll be the Democrats. Because eventually they're going to have no choice. It's either going to be either we deal and bargain or we're going down the dumper. And they, they'll, they'll, they'll back off. And when that happens, the Republicans win. It becomes the mindset of America to control spending. It becomes the mindset of America to control the debt. And it only happens... If the Republicans stand their ground. Now I can graphically illustrate the odds of them doing this with a snowball in one hand and a blowtorch in the other. I guarantee you the Republicans will cave. I'm willing to bet money on it. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This 
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Quick change of direction. I will get to the uh, to the exposed stupidity of the transgender studies uh, and the faulty methodology. But and and then I've got the Davos. Uh, they're going billionaire hunting. We'll we'll give you the details on that. But it occurred to me the Democrats believe the damnedest things. Uh, the whole CO two global warming thing uh, is man made. Uh, they they believe that you can change your Sex is simply by having surgery. Uh, they they believe in redistribution of wealth and socialism. Uh, they believe that Guam will capsize. Remember Hank Johnson, the Democrat, uh, if they um, put too many people on the island. Uh, another outspoken lefty is a comedian named Chelsea Handler. Uh, she's way left of center. A very attractive woman. Uh, she's got, I think, a great sense of humor, but she is far, far to the left and not particularly bright. And I found this uh, at Citizen Free Press. She apparently um, was on with uh, Jimmy Fallon. And wait until you hear what she believed, because it's um, it's just hard to believe. It really is. Here we go. I didn't know, and this is true, I didn't know until I was 40 years old that the sun and the moon were not the same thing. I find it hard to believe, but what are you talking about? It was, I was shocking to me as well. I mean, well, of course, it must have been more shocking to you. I was like, I was in Africa, we were on safari, my sister and I were riding an elephant, and there was a man riding an elephant for us, because we don't know how to ride an elephant. Yeah. And my older sister, Simone, looked up at the, at the, at the, the sky and she said, Chelsea, Chelsea, look up. It's not often you get to see the sun and the moon at the same time. Yeah. Like, you see, I was like Scooby-Doo. I'm like, <laughs> I said, and I go, wait, I go, but they're always together. And as soon as I said that, she turned around. She goes, what did you say? And I was like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> like, I'm like, I knew giddy, what I said was up, wrong. Giddy up, I elephant. Like, <laughs> I was like, let's canter. Is that what an elephant does? <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, I, and, and, and she looked at me. She goes, I need you. And I just tried to gloss over it. I was like, never mind what I said. I know. And she said, no, I need you to tell me what you think is happening between the sun and the moon. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I just assumed when the sun went down, it popped back up as the moon, you know? <laughs> the little costume change. Like, that... <laughs> like, is that not what's happening? The man riding the elephant spoke no English and went, <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like another dumb American, yeah. you know? Oh, how right he was. 40 years old and didn't... I... How could you be that old and not know that the sun and the moon are two different bodies? Jeez. And she's a, a leftist. And she gets to join, uh, you know, Hank, uh, who believes the, the uh, Guam will tip over uh, and all the other nonsense that leftists buy into. Um, all right, as we segue into this whole transgender thing, Apparently, the Miss Universe pageant uh, has been uh, taken over by a guy who has the mental illness of thinking that he is a she. Miss Universe owner, transgender businessman, well, they're saying woman, but it's guy. Um, and, he, uh, it, and I got to wonder about the name Jackafong. I wonder if, 
who, who, whether that's uh, some secret meaning, uh, shares an empowering message on inclusion, equity, and the pageant's transformation. In other words, the Miss Universe pageant is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. It's yeah. the Betsy's, not the pageants. Uh, look for the uh, for the guys to be participating. Uh, anyway, this guy uh, bought the organization for $20 million last year. Took to the stage in New Orleans to share its new direction. A focus on female leaders who support philanthropic causes and advocate for inclusion and diversity. In other words, it wasn't worth watching before, and it's even less worth watching today. Now, this whole transgender thing. There were a couple of studies that were done that seemed to indicate that somehow this was good for kids who were confused. But some doctors did a deep dive into those studies and found them, quote, methodologically flawed. Uh, the studies that inspire trans medicine don't hold up. In a new paper published last week, uh, the key conclusions of two Dutch studies which formed the basis for modern pediatric gender medicine by claiming to observe improved mental health for patients who underwent sex changes uh, has been picked apart. The Dutch studies only included the most successful cases of individuals undergoing cross-sex treatment. They excluded the experiences of those who dropped out of the study over time, creating a bias toward participants who reported positive experience, according to the new study. The field has a penchant for exaggerating what is known about the benefits of the practice while downplaying the serious health risks and uncertainties. As a result, a false narrative has taken root. It is that gender-affirming medical and surgical interventions for youth are as benign as aspirin, as well as studied as penicillin and state statins, um, and essential to survival as insulin for childhood diabetes. They picked this study apart. Researchers only included the best-case scenario patients in the Dutch studies. Um, they uh, Of 111 patients who went on puberty blockers in the 2011 Dutch study, researchers only selected the 70 that continued on uh, to the uh, on to hormones for observation. That means that patients who had declined to go on hormones after the blockers because they had changed their minds about transitioning or experiencing adverse reactions weren't included in the analysis, according to the critique. So, if a few people had a good response, they were the only ones that were counted. Anybody who had a bad response, well, they just ignored them. When a participant's therapist or parents had doubts about the transition, researchers delayed them from moving on to hormones. That skewed the data in favor of patients with more straightforward cases. The 2014 Dutch study, they did the same thing. 
15 of 70 participants were removed from the study. And those non-participants uh, skewed heavily toward negative outcomes, including severe obesity, diabetes, in one case, death. Uh, five of the seven subjects were labeled non-participants after they refused to keep engaging with the researchers after years of close contact for reasons that remain unclear. In both studies, patients who were least likely to see improvements from gender transition were excluded from their analysis. Even the assertion that participants' psychiatric health improved was faulty. Um, uh, according to the uh, uh, Abrodisease uh, standard, uh, standard measures of uh, anxiety, depression, anger, and global function showed minimal clinical significant change after the treatment. They formed the foundation for the best available evidence for practice of youth medical gender transition. We demonstrate that this work is methodologically flawed and should never have been used in medical settings as justification to scale this innovative clinical practice. So now we know the studies were biased. We know they were junk science. We know they were not dependable. And yet, the Democrats in particular are going to continue to rely on them. And some of the unscrupulous in the medical profession will continue to promote them. They will try to convince parents, your son should be your daughter, otherwise they'll commit suicide. You will continue to see on television and the movies people saying, uh, I'm not comfortable being he or she. Uh, call me they or them. You will continue to see the normalization in the fantasy world of healthy outcomes. They're destroying the next generation. Uh, all right, uh, we're up against the clock, Ed, but in a few minutes uh, we'll talk about California uh, because they're finally getting the rain that they wanted and it could make a huge difference in how they, uh, how they survive out there, but it won't. And I'll tell you why. Next, on the Gary Nolan Show, it's the Zimmer Radio Network. 11.51 and we are really pressed for time program so let me do this very quickly we talked about the transgenders mm, well mr roberts boys are mr. boys from the beginning if you were born a boy you stay a boy girls are girls right from the start if you were born a girl you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady only girls can be the mommies only boys can be the daddies well, will they continue to play that on PBS? We can only hope so. Uh, and then finally, we talked about uh, the COVID thing and how the, uh, the government was wrong. Uh, and uh, here's a piece from John Stossel that uh, I think um, makes the case. Stay at home. That is the order tonight. Stay home. When COVID hit, experts were quick to tell us exactly what to do. Wash your hands, wash yeah. your hands, wash your hands. Turns out washing our hands doesn't protect us, but being outdoors does. 
At the beginning of the pandemic, experts told us, stay home, close schools, don't wear masks, do wear masks, disinfect countertops. How to clean and disinfect your home. Now, three years later, we can say who was right and who was wrong. In Florida, the pandemic is raging. The media got a lot wrong. They repeatedly trashed Florida's governor for lifting lockdowns. Governor DeSantis is just acting irresponsibly. While praising New York's governor. Governor Cuomo is doing an amazing job. I'm wowed by what you did. The governor's brother gushed over New York's lockdowns and sneered at Florida's reopening. That's why states like Florida are in such dire straits. But Florida wasn't in dire straits. Florida and New York had about the same number of deaths. And if you take age into account, Florida has more old people. Florida did better than New York. In general, three years later, we see little difference between states that opened up and those that didn't. In fact, the states with the fewest deaths are liberal Vermont and conservative Utah. Around the world, the experts and the media we're just as wrong. Sweden's failed experiment. How their dangerous COVID gamble went wrong. Reporters trashed Sweden. Officials made the decision not to lock down, hoping it would lead to widespread immunity. But cases are surging. Cases were surging then. Deaths too. But allowing people to develop immunity did pay off. Sweden ultimately did better than its neighbors. In fact, Sweden has had fewer excess deaths than most other countries, says the OECD. Did you hear about that from American media that trashed Sweden? I didn't think so. Excess deaths, say researchers, deaths above the pre-COVID average. That's the best way to compare countries' COVID experience. It's because some countries undercount COVID. A huge gap between reported deaths and COVID deaths. India reported fewer than a million deaths, but there were probably many more because there were five million excess deaths in India. Former Soviet countries undercounted too. The dictator of Belarus played hockey and said his country was COVID free. Belarus and other former Soviet states claimed they did well. But excess death data show they did terribly. Maxim Lott maps this data and posts it at the website Maximum Truth. His COVID fudge factor reveals the communist culture of hiding the truth is alive and well. Here's the excess death data for the whole world. The dark-shaded countries like Russia, Bulgaria, and Peru did worst. Countries in gray mean there wasn't enough reliable data. Lighter places like Mongolia and Kenya did very well. I was surprised to see that Kenya and Togo and Sub-Saharan Africa did well. Surprised because Africa has low vaccination rates and less high quality medical care. Lot says it's probably because their population's so young. COVID rarely harms young people. <laughs> what does the data say about countries like Australia? Places that impose brutal lockdowns. For anyone who breaches quarantine, they face fines and even jail. The penalties ranging from as much as $50,000 in WA and 12 months behind bars. Australia's rigid rules did save lives, partly because the island sealed its borders, banning almost all travel. For two years, there was little COVID in Australia. But once almost every Australian was vaccinated, the government lifted its lockdown. COVID cases soared. Population adjusted. Australia now has had more COVID cases than the U.S. 
but far fewer deaths, partly because when Australia stopped its lockdown, Omicron was circulating, and the Omicron strain is less deadly. Were Australia's strict lockdowns worth it? You are bending my arm backwards. The average Australian lived two weeks longer because the country's strict rules limited COVID spread. But would you want to deal with Australia's authoritarian lockdown to live two weeks longer? I wouldn't. And it turns out people in China don't want that either. They're chanting that they don't want COVID tests. They want freedom. Protesting's illegal in China, so these people risked their lives. Here, factory workers threw barricades at security guards and white hazmat suits. The workers have been forced to stay inside an iPhone factory for weeks to keep them safe from COVID. After the protests... China did a U-turn and lifted most of its severe COVID rules. What can America learn from all this? We now know that draconian lockdowns can save lives, but lockdowns hurt people financially. New York lost 400,000 jobs since the start of the pandemic. Florida gained 400,000. Also, kids in lockdown states suffered. Obesity increased in New York by five percentage points. Just because New York kept schools closed? Well, in Florida, where schools reopened sooner, obesity actually fell a little. Kids' education suffered an historic setback. Scores decreased by the largest amount ever recorded. In Sweden, which never closed its primary schools, kids suffered no learning loss. I get that we know more now. Three years ago, terrified politicians just wanted to do something. But next pandemic, I wish they'd be a little humble, except that they don't know everything. All of Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it, if they would just be a little humble? But they won't. Departments of Health and the government will continue to tell you how to live your life. They'll tell you how to protect yourself from your own behavior. They'll continue to make one decision to literally cover everybody and every every variable, and it won't work. The experts are not the experts. You're the, your own expert. You take the data in. You decide what's right for you. These big government experts manage to destroy the economy ruin lives i mean literally everything from obesity to education not to mention by shutting down those hospitals patients that were you know coming in for cancer diagnoses weren't weren't treated big government will kill you whatever it is in life that you want go out and get it don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap you make it happen you seize the day, Carpe Diem. Chris, thank you for the great work. And Gwen, baby honey, I'm coming home.